This is First Nature on the Rising Man Podcast. Good day to you, Rising Man family. This is your host, Sean Berry, bringing you this final episode of the First Nature segment on the Rising Man podcast. Uh, Yeah, that's correct. You heard me right. First Nature is uh, fledging the Rising Man podcast nest and is going to be flying out there all on its own in the podcast, guys. I'm super excited about it. Uh, You'll be able to find the First Nature podcast uh, on its own out there in the listings. So I just want to make a few acknowledgements because it's it's a pretty big move. And the first one is just to you, the listener. I really appreciate you know, if you've been a, a regular listener or just tuning in from time to time. I really hope you've gotten something out of the message uh, that I'm really wanting to bring to, the, to you and to the world, especially to the Rising Man community of men. Uh, specifically, it's been curated for that community. What I'm realizing is that this message, uh, I really want this message to be heard by more people. And as I've, the more I've done this podcast, the more convicted and uh, engaged and, and self-inspired I've become with like, yeah, you know, I, I really, it serves me so much to sit down and take the time and think about this relationship with nature and then talk about it. And I'm, I'm wanting to, I want other people to get that opportunity as well. Right now, the uh, First Nature podcast is in the lineup of, of podcast segments on the Rising Man podcast. So it's a little, you know, First Nature is a little hidden maybe to just a general person out there who's trying to uh, find some inspiration on Nature Connection. And, uh, and and so taking it out and putting it on its own channel is going to really help that exposure. And, um, of course, it'll still be promoted as usual in the Rising Man uh, halls. Uh, so it'll still be easy to find if, if you've been listening. So stay tuned for that in January as it'll be the first episode on its own. And then the second acknowledgement I really, of course, absolutely will and have to make and will never stop making is is just the one to the Rising Man organization and to Jetty. And to, uh, you know, it was really Jetty's idea to uh, create space and time and, and budgeting for me to start putting this podcast out on, on the channel. So, uh, so grateful to you, Jetty. And um, yeah, 31 episodes. It's been really amazing to just grow with the message and to get the feedback I've been getting from different Rising Man uh, men from here and there. It's been a real, uh, real beautiful uh, experience. And then, of course, uh, Mark and Julian, Mark Rose and Julian Subic, you guys, uh, the two production guys who uh, just have been making this podcast uh the beautiful shiny uh, audio experience that it is. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, you know, it's been so easy to do this podcast. I literally just go out on the land, get inspired about what to talk about with Nature Connection, and then I send that audio piece in. Uh, I just email it, right? And then like a couple weeks later, it shows up with uh, intro and outro and music and sounding great and it's got you know promotion on the channel and it's got a breakdown written out and i mean it's just the support and the uh, the thoroughness of just making sure that this segment has 
all it needs to get out to the world has, has been really amazing. And that's all been Mark and Julian. So just thank you so much, guys. You've been killing it all this time. And, uh, and I think that's all I need to say about that for now. I really want to get into the podcast and, um, and this last one, it's so fitting, right? Winter solstice and the ending of things, the ending of things. So sit back, relax, or get out on the land and, and walk and, and listen. And today I'm really sharing about the value, the value of getting our lifestyles and the way we live our lives more in line with how the seasons move and how the rest of all of nature moves with the cycles of our seasons, especially if you're living in like, you know, up off the equator in a northern or southern hemisphere. So I hope you get something from it and um, enjoy this last final uh, segment that'll be posted here. And um, I'll see you on the other side. I'm here in San Simeon, California. It's on the coast, just north of Cambria. It's about five o'clock. It's dark, almost dark. Super clear day. I can see really far out across the ocean. There's no haze. I think you can probably hear the crashing of the ocean. And we're just coming up on solstice. And as you may have heard me say before on this podcast, solstice really is the cosmic new year. And so many calendars, ancient calendars around the world were more aligned to that. Um, either the winter solstice or the spring equinox. I would say because <laughs> we are uh, not really attuned to the agricultural calendar anymore as older cultures were with the uh, spring equinox, that uh, it makes more sense if you're going to get into the process of moving the beginning of your new year onto a more cosmically aligned, or gal galactically, I would say, gal well, no, cosmically, because, you know, these stars are far, far. I don't actually know. That's a good question. How far are, are the, is the zodiac, are the zodiac stars in our galaxy? I don't know. That's a good question. Side note, look that up. However, if you are wanting to move your account, your, the beginning of your year off of January 1st, which, you know, from my research, basic, you know, sketch research, January 1st was made the new year by a Roman Caesar after the god Janus, which was the god of new beginnings. And as to the actual time, that I didn't look that deeply into. But you probably know that January 1st, and if you didn't know, January 1st doesn't really have any celestial, cosmic, uh, or even planetary significance as far as anything observable that's changing or shifting or coming through a cycle. However, December 21st, that's when the uh, Earth is, well, the Northern Hemisphere, is tipped the furthest away from the Sun. And it kind of 
stays tipped that, that furthest point for about three days. I mean, not really. It's not completely stationary, but it's moving so little. It's, it's uh, you know, tipping back so slowly, so little those three days. We really can't tell with the naked eye. And the way they were determining this were by uh, looking at the stars way back when. So solstice, talked about this in a previous podcast. Sol, sun, stis, S-T-I-C-E, still. So it appears that the sun goes no higher in its arc across the sky for three days than it did the day before. Winter solstice is a great time to mark the beginning of your year. It's a great time to mark the transition of this podcast, the first nature podcast off of the Rising Man Network. Uh, I've been saying it's fledging the Rising Man Nest. And we'll be... uh, standing out there flying around on its own in the podcast skies starting in January. Today, I really wanted to give a lot of gratitude. Closing of the year is coming up. And again, in alignment with the stilling of the sun. It's a great time to still ourselves, to take a note from our hemispheric activity and settle down a little bit. In the Northern Hemisphere, everything is slowing down. It's retracting. It's going within. Animals are in their burrows. Uh, Seeds are not sprouting. Leaves are not budding, right? This is a time of hibernation, time of staying within the interior, gestating, processing, metabolizing, digesting. This is a time where all of life in the Northern Hemisphere gets to rest, to rest from a year of big movement, starting in the late winter, just before spring, when everything starts to wake up and then Everything bursting forward, tremendous amounts of energy coming out of springtime. Think of all the water moving on the planet when the ice melts and the snow melts. And the, the, uh, the magnanimity of all the root networks that are taking up that water. The animals that are taking up the water, moving it around moving it around. The clouds are taking up the water and now it's coming down in in rain instead of snow. And it's on the move. It's on the move for the next, you know, seven to nine months. It's moving life around. The water is moving life around the planet. All the root systems, right? When you walk outside, if you don't see dirt and stone, there's vegetation growing on the surface of the planet. Right now, I'm walking through this really uh, wide open kind of meadow space. It's a bluffs, these grassy bluffs. It's like acres and acres and acres of grass. And I'm trying to imagine all the roots, the roots that are underneath the soil. The cooperation of all these roots. Cooperation between their own species, the grass, the grasses that know each other, and cooperation with all the other plants that are down here too. Um, I'm walking near this gorge right now. It's like a little mini riparian zone. So the grass 
kind of the, the, the monocrop of the grass kind of pans out and then we start getting to more of these shrubby plants. Looks like some kind of coyote bush. And then see if I can walk down in this gorge a little bit. Can I? This skin kind of dark. Could be poison oak down there as well. And, and it's cooperating as well. And I didn't bring a headlamp because I just wasn't really remembering how quickly it gets dark in the winter, right? When the sun goes down, it's like down. So yeah, I'm just walking down into this crevasse here and I don't know, there's probably at least 15 to 20 different plant types out here that are all sharing root systems. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I just went down this crevice and almost wiped out. Fortunately, I did not wipe out. And down here in the bottom of the gorge, I don't know if you can hear it, there's, uh, looks like cattails. Dried out cattails from last season. And they're tall, they're, uh, I don't know if you can hear that rustling. They're like nine or 10 feet tall. And I'm tall, and they're towering over me. But all these root systems, under the ground, cooperating, moving the water around, sharing the water, growing, right? That's what's happening all through the year. And then we get to this time and, and a lot of different root systems, they, uh, they shorten, they thin out, they, you know, they're not focused on growth. Growth time is over. And when you're not focused on growth, well, let me just say this, not being focused on growth is not necessarily, it's not a bad thing. I won't even say necessarily a bad thing. It's not. It's a good thing to be not focused on growth. That is a natural state of all life on this planet anyway. Growth requires rest. Growth requires rest. And if you are not listening to that, subtle request that your body or your heart or your soul makes from you to, to rest, to slow down, to space out the acquisition of knowledge and experience, to give your consciousness and your emotional body time to digest your experiences. Well, my friend, you're outside the natural flow. You're outside your species design. You're outside the design of this planet. I would even say you're outside the design of this solar system because the only reason we have seasons is because of, the, of how we move around the earth, or I'm sorry, how we move around the sun. You know, if for some reason the earth was static, not orbiting around the sun, realize that um, there would be no seasons. If you wanted to experience seasons, you would have to travel above and below the equator, depending on where the earth was, you know, locked in place, if that were the case. Uh, summer might only ever be happening in the Southern Hemisphere. And winter would only ever be happening and only happening in the Northern Hemisphere. So think about that for a second. Think about the food 
And, and also realizing that, you know, as I think about it, everything grows because of the, the wave of heat and cold that comes with the seasons, right? So we move from the winter, it starts to get warm, it gets warmer into the spring, it gets hot in the summertime, things really take off and grow, and then it gets kind of really hot, things are done producing, and then it cools off, things retract, they have time to recover, recuperate. And if you've ever gardened or been around gardening or get your food from farmer's markets, you know that if it gets too hot, it can really, really affect food production. Food will not grow well in consistently hot weather all the time. It needs that uh, ease of in and out of the cycle. So food would be a real issue. It would only grow well in some areas. And I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but my point is, it's a time for rest, and you should give yourself some. So this is on the seasonal scale we're talking about. And if you've been listening to this segment for a while, you will also know that I really enjoy tracking my life on what's called the directional wheel or the medicine wheel. The four directions, four shields, it's also called. And uh, there's a podcast that goes into it pretty deeply. I'm not going to go into it right now. But part of the teaching of that wheel is that the cycles we're on in the four directions basically map out into all these different paradigms of cycles in life. So there's the cycles of the four seasons, right? That happens over the course of 12 months. But there's also the cycles, the four cycles of the day, morning, noon, evening and midnight. And there's certain energies and qualities that go along with what those directions represent. And the seasons is a really overt one. It's, it's really easy to map those energies and awarenesses onto the seasons. So it's practicing, it's learning how to practice these teachings that we get in the natural world from just observing how things happen on our planet, wherever we are, and applying them to our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, sometimes an hour-to-hour -hour basis. So while you might be listening to this and thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I should really give myself some downtime this winter. I should build in some rest. I should decrease my schedule. Uh, you know, I'm not saying don't go work out, but maybe you wanna like give yourself a couple cycles of workouts where you're not pushing so hard. We're giving your body an opportunity to recuperate and mend and heal all these, you know, micro tears and strains uh, that occur in the body when we, you know, push it beyond its limits. And it's taking that seasonal scale and then bringing it down to our daily life. For example, where's that time of rest? Where's that pulling back and digesting and quieting, getting still and retraction? Where does that happen in my daily schedule? Do you make time for that? And thinking about that as the winter of your day, the winter of your day, that there's going to be a time in your day where that's going to be a, a natural desire because that's human. And do you acknowledge that space and, and make time for it? Or do you steamroll it over? Do you look at your schedule and look at how busy you are and refuse to make time for it? And what's the cost of that down the road?
My personal opinion is that so many of our modes of healing, whether it's therapy or plant medicine or whatever, I mean, there's so many healing modalities out there. My opinion is that if we were taught at the youngest of ages to track our own internal seasons and to acknowledge them and honor them and to allow them to express, I really, I really feel we'd be much more well-adjusted people in general, not that we still wouldn't need healing, but perhaps the healing would be augmenting you know, just a, a better expressed human, maybe. But we don't really get that. We don't really get that, especially, well, I'm definitely not in our first world Western civilization cultures. But what if you did? What if you started to give yourself that? What if you started to go against the grain? Honestly, it's not even that much against the grain. You already, like if you're living in the Northern Hemisphere right now and you're particularly in a state that gets cold and even has snow, you're already wanting to hibernate and relax and chill and just cozy up, right? It gets dark by 5, 5.30 most places right now if you're somewhere near the 44th parallel. And it's, you know, anywhere from like 50 degrees colder than it is at the height of summer. So it's just not conducive environment to being out and about and putting lots of energy out and being busy and hustling and bustling. You already know that. You're drinking tea at night right now. You are not liking your alarm clock because it's dark and cold when you got to get up. You want to stay in bed more often. It's harder to push yourself physically because of the, the temperature swings and you know warming up and cooling off. And, and the foods you're eating right now are probably trending towards cozier, more carbohydrate-y, sauce-oriented, I don't know, but just more hearty foods. It just feels really good to eat heartier foods in winter, right? So there's all these kind of windows of requests coming in through our just our bodies and our natural environments that are inviting us to slow down, to still, to go inwards, to take some time to recuperate. You know, what's really cool is uh, some years ago, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, there was a uh, time-lapse video posted. I don't remember which organization it was, but it was a weather, like a climate organization. And they had 10, 15, maybe 20 years of data that they had converted into a uh, graphic representation, like a weather map, basically where blue was cold, yellow was warm, red was hot. You know, so there's kind of this range, this color range. And they had mapped it onto a globe and then they animated it. And it was so wild because watching the animation, you could literally watch the earth breathe or beat or cycle or whatever word you want to use to describe this behavior of expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, heating, cooling, right? Heating expands, cooling contracts. And you could really start to get a sense of this planet being alive in its entirety, a living organism. That's not a new idea, but I think it bears repeating because I know for me, I can get really focused locked on individual climate issues, right? There's a flood here, fire, you know, wildfires here, um, 
big storms here, drought here. And that's all part of a bigger system. They're all interrelated on some level. And this isn't meant to be a section on climate change. It's not about that. But it is about really just choosing to come around to allowing this planet to have some influence on how we actually live our lives to include the planet into that decision-making process. You know, this day and age, we really don't have to do that. We don't have to. Sometimes the planet makes us, you know, make a plan to go do something outdoors and rain happens. Had a big fun trip planned for the summer to a national park, but then wildfires close it down. But those are just more of like an inconvenience. But with our ancestors, our most ancient ancestors, yours, mine, we all can go back to a time where our earliest peoples were living out on the land, exposed, right? Living in grass huts or skinned buildings made out of sticks, uh, caves, you know, we were in it. And there was no choice but to follow the influence of the outdoors, of nature, of this planet. You know, when to migrate, when to pull out and head for warmer climes, when to leave the warmer climes, anticipating that it was going to be warm enough back in your summer grounds and hope you didn't arrive there too early or hope that, you know, whatever. I mean, some of these early peoples were walking long, long, long distances to a point where a few days in, it, 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 you wouldn't be able to turn back. It would be actually take longer to turn back than it would be just to go forward. And you can imagine the things they had to contend with, the ways that they had to roll with Mother Nature. And the wild thing that always strikes me about that is, that is, you know, if you put that on a time scale, you know, Homo sapiens, you and I, all our ancestors go back at least 300,000 years. Some are saying up to 500,000 years, almost, you know, at least a quarter million, if not a half a million years. We, as the people we are right now, same skeletal structure, same size brains, more or less, have been walking around. And I mean, literally walking around a long time. And if you map that on a time scale, let's say you make 350,000 years where it's uh, 350,000 years ago is at one end of a piece of printer paper. And today is at the other end, long ways. It's like an 11-inch stretch, right? Uh, our What we consider our modern era is maybe, maybe a millimeter on that graph. Agriculture was about 15,000 years ago when there's really strong indications that we were taking to it choosing to settle down and tend to crops. I mean, that's not that long ago in the scheme of 300 to 500,000 years. So prior to that, prior to the agricultural age, I'll, we'll even take it back, let's say 20,000 years where we weren't really doing any kind of agricultural tending, no sign of it whatsoever. That's still hundreds of thousands of years that we were thriving, stable through cooperation of, of leaning into the planet's direction about how to live, following the, the ways the seasons oriented us to live our lives. Certainly season to season, and more often than not, day to day. So think about that. 
Think about how long we were living in a very stable, regenerative, sustainable way and growing as a species through that process. And then you can look at the last 15,000 years since we've been staying put and stepping more and more outside the cycles of nature to live our lives all the way up to today. And just look at the quality of how we live life on this planet. Just look at the quality of how you live your life and what might make a difference. What, what might change in your life if you slowly, ever so slowly, just small changes, right? Small changes started to orient your life back towards paying attention to the natural cycles of the planet, of the solar system, right? Nine planets and a star. You would think we would have a little more reverence for uh, how and when we choose to do things on this little teeny planet. And there's so many beautiful uh, modes and modalities to do that with too. Uh, Astrology is the low-hanging fruit, right? That's literally based on the stars, living your life based on the stars. And whether uh, that attracts you or not, it's, it's a beautiful thing because the stars are always there on any given, any night, sands, clouds. You can walk outside and if it's you know dark enough, if you're not in an overly lit urban spot, you can look up and see the stars, the same stars that your ancestors saw the same ones. I mean, that's what's wild to me is I could go back 300,000 years and find one of my oldest, oldest ancestors, someone I directly descended with, someone that I have a lot of similar DNA with. And we could both be looking up at the night sky. We wouldn't be able to communicate in words. I don't even know how much language we had back then, probably some to none. But we can point up at the stars in recognition, acknowledgement of like, yeah, yeah, we have a story about that group of stars too. So there's a real, um, there's a real timelessness about that. And yeah, 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 it's true. Yes, the stars are moving and another, you know, whatever huge massive chunk of time, this nighttime sky will not look like it does now from here on earth. And that's fine. But relative to our time on this planet, relative to our, our legacies on this planet as a species, there's some real grounded security in that that there's something stable and dependable to orient your life around. Pretty much every model has something to do with orienting yourself to where you were born, how you were born. Most personality modes have some kind of archetypal arrangement. You know, so for instance, astrology has 12 archetypes. Enneagram has nine archetypes. Human design, I believe, has five archetypes. There's... Uh, the Four Temperaments, there's the Myers-Briggs. There's so many, many models. But the one thing that's true about them all is they are, uh, they've been able to categorize humans into, you know, just a few, really just a few archetypes. And most of those archetypes are tied to some kind of place and space on this planet. And a lot of them are oriented to the stars in some way or are referring to stories about the stars. And all of them are, you know, for the most part, pretty old been around for a while. What if you just got curious about that? What if you just allowed yourself to go, huh, I don't know if I like it, but I'm just going to Google it. I'm just going to chat. I'm just going to AI chat it. <laughs> That's probably the easier way to do it these days. And just find out what some of these, uh, you know, really old, old models about who we are as people and who we are as a species are and how we live on this earth, what they have to say about it. 
and coming back into this, you know, this openness to, yeah, what if I stepped out of this, um, this other paradigm of how we live, kind of this linear upwards trajectory, you know, like a rocket ship. It's funny how the space race has really, you know, become this big thing because it's all about shooting things straight up into the sky as fast and as powerfully as possible. And that's just not how nature works. And Godspeed, you know, we're learning a lot of great things from all our technologies, space technology included. But so many of the aspects of how we live as humans are getting drawn into that paradigm of forward, linear, upwards trajectory as fast as possible. And I know in myself, um, I had to, uh, I had to, I had to kind of get off that trajectory. I recognized it wasn't getting healthy for me. I was starting to feel the costs. I was starting to feel the burn, you know, to use the rocket metaphor, uh, the burn, the burnouts, knowing that those, all those rockets have a limited amount of fuel. And once they, you know, if they don't get out into the stratosphere, you know, up into space before the fuel burns out, well, it's, you know, mission over. There's no, there's no recovery from that. You just burn out and crash. So think of that in, in light of the, the natural cycles of this planet and how there's always an in and out. A reaching and a letting go. A planting and a harvesting. A working hard and resting deeply. Everything in the universe is on a cycle. Everything, everything. Even the smallest, tiniest subatomic particle that they haven't even looked at yet. We don't have anything that can actually see it. But even those particles, or waves, and as a wave, obvious, it's obvious. They're moving in a cycle. There's the high point, there's the low point, and then there's the median that runs through that frequency, that steady frequency. Everything is vibrating. Even the molecules in a rock are vibrating. There's movements. So bringing that micro concept all the way back up to our day-to-day. -day, do we have good frequency throughout our day? Are we riding up the frequency when it's good to ride up? And are we also allowing ourselves to come down with the frequency when it's time to come down? Or are we, you know, fighting the, are we fighting the frequency? Are we, are we trying to modulate the frequency? And is that causing dissonance in our lives? You know when you hear a good, a good tone of music, right? Whether it's a single string on the violin or just the right combination of guitar distortion with a thick bass and a good snare hit in a rock song or a really clean, kind of soft tone of a synthesizer in an ambient piece of music. Right? Those are all frequencies. And the reason they sound so good is because they're in harmonics. They're in balance with each other. They're harmonically aligned. And there is modulation. That's a real thing. And we can do that. It's not that modulation is bad. But there's a point where you can push modulation. You know, if you're into music at all, or uh, have recorded music, or played around with mixing music, you know that you can put all these different ways. You can modulate the frequency, right? You can put all these effects and stuff on just different sounds and make them sound different. But if you push those effects too hard, push them too far, it distorts the sound and you get something that is not pleasing to the ear. And I feel it's the same with us. 
I just think sometimes there's so there's so much instrumentation going on. There's so much polyphonic instrumentation in our lives that we don't always hear that one instrument that's just getting pushed too hard, distorted too hard into dissonance. Hope you're picking up some of this and bring it to the close and just remind you that this is a season coming into solstice. This is a season to slow down, find some quietness inside, to rest. How do you do that? How do you do that? What kind of relationship do you have with yourself? How much of your self-dialogue is just chatter in your head with another voice that's yours? How much creativity are you bringing to having a relationship with yourself? Do you talk to your heart? Do you give yourselves massage? Do you let your hands give your shoulder care? When's the last time you took a really hot bath and just soaked? When's the last time you took a personal day? and just did something fun and relaxing, or just rest, stay at home. I know that you are asking yourself for that because this is the time of year where the whole Northern Hemisphere of the planet is asking for it. And you should know by now that you are just an expression of the planet walking around. You literally are Earth walking around looking at itself. You literally are Earth walking around interacting with itself. All the skin and bone and muscle and everything that you are comprised of, that came from the dirt you're standing on. You've been ingesting the plants that come out of the ground, or you've been ingesting the animals that eat the plants that come out of the ground. That is how the earth builds itself into you. So there's this bigger harmonic of, of bringing harmony to the whole planet. All the other species are still aligned when it's time to hibernate and, and get quiet and, and retract the roots and to ice over or whatever it looks like in the Northern Hemisphere right now, all the other species, every single one of them is on board with it. They comply. They respect the request. There's just us that <laughs> we don't do that so much. And what would it look like if each one of us started to respect that request? It starts by respecting yourself. Giving yourself authority over any other entity or person out there. Doesn't matter if it's your job, your parents, your spouse, your kids, your spiritual practice. It doesn't matter what it is. Only you can give yourself respect first. And this is such a beautiful way to explore and experiment with pushing back a little bit against the systems that tell us that it's not okay to do that. So take a risk. Take a chance. If you give yourself permission to rest now and respect yourself for that request, then you'll also be able to give yourself permission in the summertime to do more, to push it a little bit, because you'll have the foundation of rest and recuperation throughout this time to support that. In the summertime, everything's going to go for it, so you can too. All right. Thank you for listening. It's really been amazing this last two years to uh, be putting this podcast out on the Rising Man podcast. 
So I just want to say thank you. If you've listened once or, you know, 31 times, which is um, what this one is, number 31, I just want to say uh, thank you. I hope it's given you something to, uh, to bring into your life. I hope, if anything, it's just given you a heightened awareness of just how amazing and intriguing and beautiful and magical and mystical and mysterious nature is. This planet. I mean, I wish we had more words for nature, right? Like 50 words of snow for Eskimos. You know that saying? We just don't really have that many words. If any, I mean, there's nature. That's about it. I kind of get tired of saying it sometimes. But I'll never get tired of talking about it or spending time in it or trying to learn from it or doing my best over the course of my lifetime to take myself back to it in the way that my ancestors were with it. That's my deepest longing. I don't know if we're all going to get there. I don't know if I'm going to get there, honestly. Um, it seems like a slow, challenging process, but I'm committed because I'm deeply passionate about this planet and all that it's given to us. And I hope you're getting a sense of that too. Have a beautiful solstice. I, uh, I invite you to do something special on that day just for yourself, just for yourself. How might you acknowledge that stillness on that day, that solar stillness? Where is that inside yourself? Find a way to acknowledge it and celebrate it. And I'll, uh, I'll see you on the bigger, uh, the bigger world of podcasts in January. All right, that is the show for today. This final show of the first nature segment here on the Rising Man podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, listening over the two years if you've been tuning in. And again, just so much uh, gratitude and appreciation for the Rising Man organization and uh, particularly Jetty and Mark and Julian for uh, just giving me the opportunity to have this experience of, uh, and the support to you know, put this podcast out. I'm ever grateful. I hope something uh, from today's show stuck with you. Um, you know, for me, I just want to double down and encourage you that uh, you take some time. Take some time. Give some time to yourself. Find, find a way to slow down a little bit and really just take stock. Do some inventory of the year that you've had and find a way to be gentle with yourself and to find some extra rest and uh, personal care in this time. Because uh, you know, before too long, uh, it's gonna days are gonna get longer. It's gonna start warming up, and that that summer energy is gonna be coming in, asking you to go out there and, and do a lot more. So enjoy the restful time while it's here to support you to do it. As for me, uh, I will be doing the same. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Find out who you are inside by getting outside. I'm Sean Barry.